0: John chapter 8, we'll begin to read in verse number 37 this morning. John 8, begin to read in verse number 37 this morning. I want to speak to you on this subject, spiritual ancestry, spiritual ancestry. John chapter 8, we'll begin to read in verse 37. I'll invite you to stand this morning, all those that can and are able in honor and in reverence for the reading of God's word. We're in John chapter 8, begin to read in verse number 37, the Bible says, these words, I know that you're Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak what I have seen with my father and you do what you have seen with your father. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. And Jesus said to them, if you were Abram's children, you would do the work of Of Abraham but now you seek to kill me a man who has told you the truth which I heard from God Abraham did not do this you do the deeds of your father and they said to him we were not born of fornication we have one father God Jesus said to them if God were your father you would love me for I proceeded forth and came from God nor have I come from myself but he sent me why do you not understand my speech because you were not able to listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. Then the Jews answered and said to him, Did we not rightly say you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father, and you dishonor me, and I do not seek my own glory. For there is one who seeks And judges, most assuredly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never see death. Then the Jews said to him, now we know that you have a demon. Abraham is dead and the prophets, and you say, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham, who is dead, and the prophets that are dead? Who do you make yourself out to be? And Jesus answered, if I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my father who honors me, of whom you say that he is your God. Yet you have not known him, but I know him. And if I say I do not know him, I shall be a liar like you. But I do know him and keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Then the Jews said to him, You are not yet fifty years old, and you have seen Abraham... And Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. And they took up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple going through the midst of them, and so passed by. Let's pray. God, we pray that your precious Holy Spirit would speak and challenge hearts today. God, I pray I'll say no more and no less than what you'd have me to speak today. God, I pray for the one that's here this morning that's still in the devil's family. They've never been born again into the family of God. God, I pray you'll help them to see how futile religion is. God, that being part of a church and being Baptist or maybe walking up a set of stairs or down into a creek and being baptized does nothing for one spiritually, God, to make them right with you. God, I pray that they'll see this morning their need to turn from sin, to respond to the word, and receive Jesus to be Lord of their life. And God, I pray you'll really challenge us today concerning those who have been born again to the family of God. Just what grace you may say, can the world really see Jesus in us? Are we living up to the name of our spiritual Father, Almighty God? Bless this time, Spirit, you speak and challenge every individual heart as you see need this morning. And we'll thank you, God, for what we trust people are going to do during a time of invitation. It's in Jesus' precious and holy name we pray. Amen. And I'll invite you to be seated. Uh, In 2019, uh, MIT did some research, and it was determined that uh, 26 million people um, that year had used at-home DNA tests um, to try to trace their ancestry. When I was, it seems eons ago now, but uh, many moons ago, uh, when I I was a security guard, when I was in college at the Russell Student Health Center there, on campus and one of the sweet little nurses that was, we had some retired nurses that worked the graveyard shift when I worked. And one that she was so into uh, ancestry and she was trying to track down every limb in her family tree and was so excited she was to find out. She had some kinfolk that uh, once lived in my hometown, they're actually a little part of town called Frog Level. And she was so excited when she'd gone uh, to my town and had taken a picture, was her, her and some of her friends, uh, They're in frog level. And she was, but she was, she was so enthused about trying to trace down every single part of her family tree. Well, in 2019, it was estimated 26 million people had done that. It was further estimated um, that two years later, and I'm sure it surpassed that now, that over 100 million people would buy these at-home DNA kits. There's a little Q-tip in there. You swab your mouth. You send your DNA um, back to a research lab, and they pull it with all the data that they have, and it helps you to find out who all you're kin to and exactly where you came from. You know, and, 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 and that's interesting, I suppose. Uh, you know, I've never really cared to know much beyond my grandparents. to I, mean, I can barely keep up with the family I've got now. Uh, and so it's, you know, that can be really interesting, you know, to know exactly physically where you came from you know, friend, you may be able to trace all the way back to Adam. Um, you've done so much research, but I want you to listen to me, friend. Your physical ancestry makes no impact on your spiritual ancestry. In the passage of Scripture we have this morning, uh, if you were looking at your Bible and you have a Bible like me, the majority of the words were in red. And if they're in red, who does it mean that said what's being spoken? Jesus. And so this morning we have some verses before us. The Lord Jesus Christ himself gives an authoritative statement on spiritual ancestry. Uh, He he lays it out. And Jesus reminds those listening uh, that what determines where one spends eternity, listen to me, it's not your physical ancestry, but it's your spiritual ancestry. And there's only two families that one can belong to. God's family and the devil's family. Look at verse number 37 again. Jesus says, I know you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. The the Jews were so excited and enthused to tell everybody about their physical ancestry, that they came from Abraham, therefore that made them part of the Jewish faith. But Jesus begins to, to lay out and to remind them again that that has no impact whatsoever upon one's spiritual ancestry. What determines that is what you do with the Word of God and what you do with the Son of God. Romans ten seventeen says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, that's saving faith. And Jesus said to them in verse number 37, My Word has no place in you. He says, as My Word is being spoken as God spoke Word about me. You won't receive that. Uh, verse number 38, uh, again, he says, I speak what I've seen from my Father. He says, what I'm speaking to you is God's word. He says, but you speak and do your father's word. Well, who was their father? Well, it wasn't Abraham, and it wasn't the guy that you know helped raise them in the house with their mother. Spiritually, it was the devil. There's only two families. There's God's family, and there's the devil's family. And that's what Jesus is laying out. Spiritually, that's all there is. And so Christ shares two distinct spiritual traits of members from each family. And so you'll be glad this morning. Some of you may not be, but I've got two points this morning. Just two. But each point has two subpoints, which means six. And then one of my subpoints has seven sub points. So I've got about 13 points uh, this morning to my message. Number one, are you ready to go? Say amen. Concerning spiritual ancestry, I want you to notice first the response to God's Word. Two spiritual traits. Two spiritual traits that are involved when it comes to determining which family. And the first is the response to God's Word. Look at verse number 37 again. Jesus speaking again to the Pharisees, Sadducees, and scribes, and those who had attached themselves to Him who had rejected Him. He says, My Word has no place in you. That is, as Jesus began to speak concerning himself and the things of God, they wouldn't receive it. He says, you know, we, we, don't, we don't receive this. He says, my word, verse 38, is God's word. Look at verse number 40. He says, now you seek to kill, kill me, a man who has told you the truth. Uh, John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth. He's, he's truth. He can't be anything but truth because it's part of his essence. And so therefore, because it's part of his essence, it is impossible, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 6, for God to tell a lie. It's impossible. He says, So I, everything I've told you is factual and it is true. And so Jesus asked them in verse number three, verse 43, why do you not understand my speech? And, and that wasn't, you know, you know, how that his his vernacular or his accent, you know, a lot of times, you know. I don't have an accent, you, know, you have an accent. My accent is fine. All of you people have it. I've been told that from a different places. Well, you've got an accent. I said, no, I don't, you do. But accents can make it difficult. My daughter listens to a cartoon from, you know, that's got Australian people in it, and they walk around the house talking like they're from Australia. I mean, it influences you. Uh, so that's not what Jesus is speaking about. He's speaking about his words. He says, why do you not understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Any of you ever said that to your children or grandchildren before? Can you not hear the words coming out of my mouth? Why can't you? That's what Jesus was asking them. I'm giving you an authoritative word about myself and about God and the things of God. Verse 43, "Why, why is it that you don't understand this? because they wouldn't receive what truth had already been given. I want you to hear me this morning. I've, I've spoken with people before, you know, who, who say they're saved, that they've been born again. Or see, now I just, I'm not getting anything out of my Bible readings, Brother Chad. I'm trying, and I always ask them this question. So they've already established that they're reading God's Word. they're studying. But I'm just not learning anything. But this is the question I always ask them. Well, are you obeying what you've already read? You see, friend, if you want to obey what light God has already given you, He's not going to give you more light. You want to learn more things about God's Word? Obey what word He's already given you. Well, why couldn't they understand? Because they first wouldn't receive Him to be Lord of their life. Until you respond to the first word that the Holy Spirit is ever going to give you, repent and by faith trust Jesus to be Lord of your life. Until you respond to that, friend... The rest of the Bible is just going to be words. You're not going to get anything. 1 Corinthians 2, 14. The natural man can't understand the things of God. For they're spiritually discerned. You can only... They're foolishness to him, the Bible says. Because they're only understood through the Holy Spirit. And so they wouldn't obey. They couldn't understand their speech because they wouldn't respond to what already, had already been given. Well, what had been shared? Matthew chapter 3, Verse 17. Jesus has been baptized. God cuts right to the chase. A voice sounded from heaven, that's my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. He didn't need John to tell it, though he did. He said, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He didn't need Andrew to share it, though Andrew did, and Peter came. God himself spoke right from the throne of heaven and said, that's him. I don't care what anybody else says, that's my son. God spoke his word. Matthew quotes it. Other writers quote it. And they wouldn't receive God's word. God said, that's my son. John 11 he came to his own, and his own received him not. They wouldn't respond. They wouldn't, they wouldn't receive him. And so that's why they couldn't understand anymore. You won't get more light until you respond with obedience to what light has been given. Verse 45, Jesus, because I tell you the truth. He says, everything I'm telling you is exactly the way that it is. One of the traits, again, that determines what family spiritually you're in is how you respond to God's word, and they wouldn't receive it. They said, well, that's just not true. Somehow they had gotten together as Pharisees and Sadducees, you know, and thought somehow they could veto God. He says, Well, that's just, we just don't, we don't, we don't, we don't, we disagree with that. We don't receive that. Therefore, because we don't receive it, it can't be right. And what we see that happening today, in today's culture, you know what would have happened? They were canceling Jesus. They said, We're going to cancel you, buddy. We just, you're, you're out. And because we've got the voice, we're going to say, It's not right, and therefore, because we say it, it's true. No, friend, Jesus was true because God said it was true. He was the one because God's God's word determines, friend, what is right and what is wrong. I know things change. Hairstyles change, and, you know, how I have not. 70s hairstyles are coming back in. I, I, I wish somehow we could just fast forward 10 years and get past it all, but somehow it's back. And a lot of other things come and go. But friend, I want to tell you, something that is forever settled is the Word of God. It never changes. God's Word will stand. And so Jesus said, I tell you the truth, but you won't believe. You, and, and literally that means you won't receive it. You won't receive the Word. Verse number 46 says, Which of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? He says, I'm telling you the truth. Why don't you believe me? Well, verse 47, He again, cuts right to the chase. He who is of God hears God's words, therefore you do not hear because you are not of God. They wouldn't receive any more of God's word because they'd never been born again into the family of God by first responding to the first part of God's word that's shared with any lost person, and that's repent and trust the Lord Jesus Christ to be Lord of your life. They wouldn't do it. And so because of that, friend, listen, they weren't born again into the family of the devil. Listen, when they were born, the day the doctor slapped their backside, they were born into the devil's family. I'm telling you this morning, if you're here today and you've never been born again, you've never trusted Jesus to be Lord of your life, it's not that one day you're going to end up in Satan's family. The Bible says you were born that way. Romans 5 to 12, by one man, sin entered the world and death by sin. That's the family you were born into. Ephesians 2 says, you who were dead in trespasses and sin. There's only two families: there's God's family and there's the devil's family. Jesus said in John chapter 3, verse 7, you must be born again. You must be born again. And so it's, it's a response to the word. 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 13 says these says these words. Listen, it says, These things have I written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. That is, that you've, you've been born into God's family. But there's a reflexive truth to that. Every passage of Scripture, friend, has, has a reflexive truth. There's a positive truth and a negative truth. Every passage. And so, he says, These things are written that you might know that if you have believed on the name of the Son of God, you have eternal life. Well, the reflexive truth is these things are written that you may know that if you have not trusted Jesus, you don't have eternal life in heaven, but you have eternal life in a place called hell. They wouldn't respond to Jesus and believe His Word. And so it's plain and simple. Well, notice just, I want you to see, you say, well, you know, th- this is Jesus talking. Well, look at the words in black. In our text this morning, notice their responses to Christ concerning his word. Uh, look at verse number 41. It says, uh, They said to him, well, We were not born of fornication. We have one Father, God. You know what they were saying? It's like, Well, hey, we know about Mary. We heard about her. You know, we weren't, look, hey, look, we weren't born of fornication says, you know, we, our parents were married. Well, Jesus wasn't born of fornication. Mary was a virgin. The Holy Spirit overshadowed her, and she was with child. God, Genesis 3.15, God bypassed the sin nature of Adam, and Jesus was born all God but all man. And they wouldn't receive that. They would not receive the virgin birth. Notice what else there, their response in verse number 52. The Jews said to him, this is their response, now we know that you have a demon. Abraham is dead and the prophets, and you say if anyone keeps my word, he shall taste death. Well, they told Jesus that he had a demon in him. They, they didn't acknowledge him as the son of God. Uh, verse 53 again says, you know, who, who do you think you are? Who do you make yourself out to be? You're, you're spinning some yarn about yourself. Verse number 56, Jesus says, Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Look at their response. And the Jews said to him, and Jesus was speaking of that, his eternality, that he always was, he always is, and he always will be. And so they began to speak about that. In verse, 56, The Jews said to him, You were not yet 50 years old, and you've seen Abraham? They didn't believe that he was God in human flesh. And so Jesus, again, you know, I love You know, We live in such a day, you know, where everybody has this attitude, a lot of people in churches, you know, let's not offend anybody, or let's not run run anybody off. Friend, Jesus was never concerned about that. He told it exactly the way that it was, And if you'd put it on and wear it, that was God's will. And if you wouldn't, then you'd have to live with it. And notice what he says. He said, you know, you're not only 50 years old. Verse 58, Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you before Abraham was, I am. And boy, that really fired him up because that's what God told Moses to tell Pharaoh who was sending him, the great I am. Always was, always is, always will be, I am. And so Jesus told them those things. And so what was their response? Verse number 37, he says, you seek to kill me. They wanted to silence him. They couldn't fire him. They couldn't run him off and say, well, let's just just absolutely kill him. And so verse number 59, there's no guessing now. Have you ever sat with somebody before? You know, know, they kind of give me a funny look when they're looking at me. I wonder if they like me. You ever said said that to anybody before? People give me funny looks all the time. I always ask ask my wife, do you think they like me? And she goes, no, honey, you know they don't like you. No, she doesn't say that. (laughs) Listen, Jesus didn't have to guess anymore. Look at verse 59. They took up stones to throw at him. And boy, I love passages like this. Jesus, he just hid himself. I mean, he he just vanished and went right out of the midst of the temple, went right by them because it was not yet his time. Their response to his word was summed up in two words, dismiss and disobey. Dismiss and disobey. We see all the fine instances in their response to the things that he said. But look at verse number 37. He says, I know that you are Abraham's descendants. You seek to kill me. Look at your Bibles, because my word has no place in you. You won't receive it. You dismiss my word. He says, I'm telling you exactly what God says it takes for a person to be saved. Who I am. And that you've got to receive me. I'm the promised Messiah. And they dismissed it. They said, you know what? I I refuse to receive that. I I refuse for that to, to be a part of my life. And then not only that, but they disobeyed. Look at verse number 39. And they answered and said unto him, Abraham's our father. So going back to their physical ancestry kind of reminds you of what Nicodemus did in John 3. Jesus was telling Nicodemus, remember John 3, 7, you must be born again. And he says, well, how can, I, how can a man who's old, you know, go back into his mother's womb and be born again? He was thinking physical, but Jesus was talking spiritual. And so they begin to, to speak here and say, you know, hey, Abraham's our physical father. And Jesus said to them, well, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. You would do the works of Abraham. Hebrews eleven eight 8 through 10 speaks about Abraham's faith. God called him, he obeyed. God called him, he obeyed. Genesis 15, 6, Romans 4, 3, and God accounted to him as righteousness. God spoke, don't miss this, God called, God spoke, Abraham obeyed. Jesus said if you were really Abraham's children, spiritual children, that is, in like kind, you would obey. But they dismissed and they disobeyed. They wouldn't respond by faith. And so that, that was the response of those in the devil's family. Well, what does the Bible say about the response to God's word of those in his family. Well, John 3, 7, again, friend, Jesus said you must be born again. Perk up and listen to me, listen. Being a member of a church, being here this morning, I'm so glad you're here, but your attendance here today, your membership in the church, it won't save your soul. You have to be spiritually born again. Luke 13, 3, Jesus said, except you repent, you'll all likewise perish. Because there's a a penalty for sin, Romans 6, 23. The wages of sin is death. That's what the Bible says. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Luke 13, 3, Jesus says, When you repent of sin, Romans 10, 9 and 10, when you confess Jesus to be Lord of your life, believing He died, believing He rose again, and receive Him to be Lord of your life, Romans 10, 13 says, Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. No ifs, ands, or buts. It's not about what you've done for him. When you turn from sin, listen, there's no sin in your life that the blood of Jesus won't cover and pay for. But you've got to choose to turn and be born again into the family of God. And that's responding to God's Word. God calls all people to be saved. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. It's all people. He wants all people to be saved. And look what the Bible says in our text in verse number 31 of of, of John 8. Jesus said to people who had believed, verse 30, here's part of the proof that you've really been saved, that you've been born again. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, if you abide in my word. That is, if you remain, John 15, verses 1 through 8. He says, just like a branch abides in the vine and bears much fruit, if you abide in me, and there's evidences of life, he says, you're going to bear fruit. He says, it's part. you don't abide to have life, but because you have life, he says, you will abide. There's, there's going to be a new nature there. Well, notice these seven things very quickly. You know, there are going to be responses to God's Word. Listen, friends, that are natural. Just as you took a breath just a second ago, you didn't think about it. You drew one because it's in you. God put it in you. There, there are processes that are happening inside of your body that you don't put on your schedule. They happen because of God, how God made us. Well, there are things that are naturally going to happen when you are born again, John 3, 7, into the family of God concerning God's Word. Number one, there's going to be desire. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. 1 Peter 2, 2. You're going to have a desire for God's Word you're just one of these individuals who say you know what man i love the music at church and i sure love the food and i love the fellowship and the good time love being with people but when anything that has to do with the word i've just got to be honest i've never signed my name to it i just really don't like that you know i really don't like to hear you know hope preacher doesn't go long today Homeless Sunday school teacher doesn't go long, you know. I like to stop by the bathroom and, and make my rounds around the church before preaching starts. You know that's that's what's really important to me. Not the, if you're one of those individuals, you know that when you wake up of a morning, you have no desire to open your Bible and spend time with God through His Word. You may want to check your birth certificate. He says there's going to be desire. No, that he says, but you're going to read God's Word, First Timothy four and verse thirteen. You're going to give time to reading, that is putting your face and I listen, one of the, there are things that make life a little easier, but one of the things I believe that is damaged discipleship is, is there are so much audio things now. Friend, listen, I'm telling you there's a vast difference between listening to God's word and reading God's Word. Anybody can change the words when you're listening, but if you're looking at a real copy of God's Word, you're going to see God's Word. You're going to see it, and you've got to spend time reading it. Third, you're going to search God's Word, Acts 17, 11. Search God's Word. I mean, spend time, just like those Berean Christians, Acts 17 and verse 11, they search the Scriptures daily, the Bible says. They just didn't you know, open it and throw it down and you know, read their daily bread real quick and then fold it up and get on with the day. They spent time searching God's Word and that led them to where they studied God's Word. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15, it's our one verse I mean, they, got, they broke the verse apart. They looked for other verses that it tied to. They began to build their knowledge in God's Word because they studied it. They memorized it. They spoke it, they read it so much to where they couldn't read it wrong. They studied God's Word. And then fifth, they hid God's Word, Psalm 119, verse 11. Your response to God's Word as a disciple is you hide it in your heart so that you won't sin against God. And then not only that, friend, it leads you to a place that you treasure God's Word. I love this verse, Job, Job chapter 23 in verse number 12, in the midst of all these hardships, in the midst of all these difficulties, Job could proclaim to the glory of God that he had not departed from the commandment of his lips. Listen, he says, I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. What, if you ask Job what his greatest treasure was, he would say, it's the Word of God. He treasured God's Word. And that leads you to a place, friend, that you love God's Word. Psalm 119 and verse 97. You love it because it speaks about the one whom you love with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So we see the response to God's word from the devil's family and from God's family. Second, notice this second trait of your spiritual ancestry. I want you to notice the response to God's son. So we saw the response to God's word. Now notice the response to God's son. Let's look first at the response of the devil's family. How sad. Look at verse number 37. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, he says, but you seek to kill me. That was their response to Jesus. All these years, people had waited, wondered. Every time a Hebrew woman gave birth, she had to think, "Is is this the promised one? Is this the one? And finally, he was there. And how did they respond? Somebody give me a rock. Somebody give me a rock. They didn't treasure him. They, they wanted to kill him. Why? They didn't receive his person. He says, I'm the one, and they wouldn't receive him. Verse number 41, they rejected his incarnation. Again, they rejected the virgin birth. Verse number 42, he, Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. You would love me. But They didn't love me. I mean, you know, has anybody ever told you they loved you and then started throwing rocks at you? says, hey, let's kill this guy. They didn't love him. They hated him. Now I'm telling you, friend, some, a lot of people that are lost, they love this, this popular celestial Santa Claus idea of God that's been presented by a lot of the health and wealth preachers, but they don't love the God and Jesus who's revealed through his holy Word. They love the idea that they can live however they want to and do whatever they want to. A brother showed me a passage of Scripture a few weeks ago that somebody, I don't remember what the text was, but it, it had all these promises that health and wealth people love to underline, but there were some words that they didn't underline, to obey. They loved all the promises God's Word had, but they didn't want to obey what God's Word said. And that's the picture of Jesus today. Keep me out of hell, but I'm going to live my life how I want to. And that's what they thought. And so they, they hated him. They hated who he was and who he revealed. Verse number 44, he says, you are your father, the devil. Says, you, know, you, you seek your own will. The desires of your father you want to do. And friend, I want you to listen to me. That's plain speech. Jesus looked at all these religious people. Listen to me who would not turn from their sin and receive Him to be Lord of their life. They went to church every Sunday. They had church clothes. They loved to hear church, members, uh, church music. They loved the church membership, but they didn't love God and they didn't love Jesus. And he, he told them, he says, you're your father the devil. He says, you want to do the, des- the desires of Satan. You want to do his will, not God's will. That's one of the evidences of being a part of the devil's family. Look at this. He says, you know, you, you, he was a murderer from the beginning. He says, and that's you. You're trying to murder me. You murder other people for, for gain. Well, Jesus gives life, friend. John 10 10. The thief comes, but steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus, says, I've come to you might have life and life more abundantly. But their father is a murderer. He says he was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in truth. There's no truth in him. Well, if there's no truth in Him, there's no truth in them. But Jesus is truth, John 14, 6. The way, the truth, and the life. Notice what the Bible continues to say. Not only is he emerge from the beginning, not only is he stand in truth, but because there's no truth in him, when he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own resources. He speaks from himself. That is, everything that was coming out of these people, friend, You know, you wouldn't expect from good God-fearing church folk, would you? Huh? No, boy, they knew how to... Listen, they could walk the dog when the right people were around. Oh, praise the Lord. they, They knew when to raise their hand and when to put it down. They even knew what group they were in. They knew when to go like this or when to put them like that. They knew what cultural situation was right and what was wrong. But Jesus, don't miss this. He says, the reason you're speaking what you're speaking is because you're speaking what's from Satan's heart. Matthew chapter 12 and verse number 34. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Listen to me, friend. When you drop a bucket down in a well, you can't fake it. What's in the well is always going to come out in the bucket. You hear people say, well, I, I I didn't mean for that to come out. I'll tell you why it came out, because it's what's in your heart. the things that they were speaking were coming from their heart because that's who their spiritual father was. That's who their spiritual father was. Verse number 45, he says, but because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. He said, "I'm, I'm telling you the way it is. And because he told them the way it was, they hated him for it. They hated him because he spoke the truth of God's Word. Look at this. He says, Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Verse 45 says, But because I tell the truth, you don't believe me. He said, He he who is of God hears God's words, therefore you do not hear because you are not of God. You know what? If he had told them a big fat lie about himself, they would have believed it. That's what happened with the false prophets. We've been, you know, and... Studying from Genesis forward, we just now got into Ezra. It's taken us six years to get there. But we traveled all through the rise and fall of the kingdom. And we saw when God would send prophets, those who wanted to repent, and those don't miss this, those who wanted their life to be right with God, they received God's word and they got in line with God's word. But then there would be those when the devil would send false prophets that would not tell the truth. Boy, they would just receive those lies. You want to know why? Listen to me. Because the false prophet told them exactly what they wanted to hear. You see, friend, if these individuals turn from their sin and receive Jesus to be Lord of their life, don't miss this. They were absolutely out of business. No more Pharisees, no more Sadducees, no more scribes, Gentiles, you come on in through faith and repentance too we're going to be one family in god and they weren't willing to turn from their life and surrender it to the lordship of jesus christ they wouldn't receive christ to be lord of their life if i told you a lie you would have believed they had a history of this look at at verse 46 which of you convicts me of sin he says if i tell the truth why do you not believe me he couldn't lie Verse 48, they dishonored his holiness. Then the Jews said to him, Did we not rightly say that you are Samaritan and you have a demon? You know, the Samaritans had intermarried with the Assyrians. They said, that's all you are. You, you, you're half Assyrian. That's, that's who you are. You've, you've got a demon in you. Verse 50, they didn't seek God's glory. They sought their own. He was responding to them. He says, I do not seek my own glory. They did. Those who are in the family of God, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, do all to the glory of God. That's all the believer in Christ desires, is for God to be glorified through all things. Look at verse number 55. He said, you have not known him, but I know him. And if I say I do not know him, I shall be a liar like you, but I do know him, and I keep his word. They didn't know God. They didn't have a saving relationship with God because they were part of Satan's family. Verse 57, they rejected his eternality. Verse 58, he spoke to them. What two words define what they did with Jesus? Listen, they refused his person and they rejected his person. They so said, We don't want you. We refuse you and we reject you. John summed it up in one verse, in John chapter 1, verse 11. Listen. He came into his own, and his own did not receive him. They rejected his word, and now they've rejected his person. That's the response of all of those, friend, who remain in the devil's family. But what's the response of those who are in God's family? Listen to what John goes on to say in verse number 12 of John 1. Listen, but to as many as received him, not rejected Him, but received Him. How again do you receive Jesus? Luke 13, 3, to turn from sin. That's repentance. In Romans 10, 9 and 10, to confess Jesus to be Lord of your life. But as many as received Him, to them He gave the right to become the children of God. To those who believe in His name. He says, that's how you go, friend, from being a part of the devil's family to being born again and adopted into the family of God. It's what you do with the Word of God and the Son of God. Jesus says the evidence is going to look like this. Luke chapter 14, verses 26 and following. Listen, he says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother and wife and children, brothers and sisters, and yes, his own life, he cannot be my disciple." And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Verse 33, so likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has and receive me cannot be my disciple. So Jesus lays it out plain, friend, exactly. Differences between the family of God and the family of the devil. See, when you're born again to the family of God, friend, you're going to have natural responses. I talked to a fellow one time, and he said, well, you know, you're a preacher. There's, there's two standards when it comes to commitment. Friend, listen, there's one standard in the life of a Christian, and it's Jesus Christ. There's one standard. And when you've been born again to the family of God, there, there are going to be evidences of life. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 you're going to be a new creature. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away, and all things have become new. There's going to be, there's going to be change. When I was a little boy, my papa told me a story one time. He grew up in one of the hardest parts of western North Carolina, uh, in a little area called Barnard and Walnut. It's in Madison County. And times were different then. Um, and he was just telling me a story when he was a little boy. Um, and it's a story that always makes me smile. A lot of stories I tell about my papaw, you know, I, I'll start crying when I tell it. This one just makes me smile. So he was a little fella, and it was, it was time to go get, I don't remember if it was sorghum or molasses, but it was time to go get some. And my, his daddy, Sam Chandler, my great papaw, he'd gotten word that wherever they got it from, the, the sorghum was in. And my papaw was just a little fella. He When he told me this story, he said he was just a little fella. And my papa, his, he took two shiny buckets, two shiny gallon buckets and a lantern and went down the road. And he said, and he put the two buckets together and the lantern in the center and it showing the light out in front of his feet when he was walking. He said, boy, I was scared to death walking down through there. And he said, and he'd always smile. And he, said, he said, I heard an owl up in the trees saying, who, who? And he said, Sam Chandler's boy, Sam Chandler's boy. He wanted everybody to know that that was Sam Chandler's boy down there on the ground. But I want you to listen to me. One of these days, you're going to draw your last breath. And many of you here today, there's only four Chandlers here. And there's some Griffins. And we've got some Colts here this morning and other visiting families. Some Wilsons are in the back. There's families scattered everywhere here this morning. Staffords, everybody. But when you die, listen to me. There's only two families. There's only two families. When you draw your last breath, my papaw could say with assurance, he was Sam Chandler's boy. When you die for him, you better be able to say with full assurance, I'm God's boy, and I'm God's girl. And I'm telling you on the authority of God's word, it matters not how many churches you've been a part of. It matters not how many services you've sat through. It matters not how much money you've given, how good you've been, if you've never repented and responded to God's Word to turn from sin and trust Jesus to be Lord of your life and you've responded to God's Son and you've received Him to be Lord of your life, you'll die in the devil's family. You'll spend eternity, the Bible says, in a place called hell. I didn't say this, Jesus said that. Matthew 7, Jesus says in red words, many in that day, many in that day will say to me all the things that they've done. But he'll say, depart from me, you work of iniquity. I never knew you. And you'll, friend, listen, there's going to be a great family reunion one day, two of them. Two of them. All of God's family is going to heaven for a grand reunion. And all of the devil's family is going to a sad reunion in a place called hell. And if you won't turn and trust Christ, That's where you'll be for all eternity. It matters not what your physical ancestry is. What matters most, friend, is what spiritual family you've been born into. And if you've never been born into the family of God, do it today because you're not promised tomorrow. Now let's bow our heads and close our eyes. If you died today, are you 100% certain you'd spend eternity in heaven? I mean, can you say beyond the shadow of a doubt, according to God's Word, you're God's boy and you're God's girl. Because there's a moment where you've turned from sin and you trusted Jesus to be Lord of your life. Friend, just as sure as you had a physical birthday, you have to have a spiritual birthday. You've got to be born again. And that's through repentance and faith in Jesus. Would you be willing today to turn from all your sin? Would you be willing to confess it and forsake it? to agree with God that it is and you are a sinner. And if you would, would you be willing to surrender your life to Jesus Christ, believe that he died for you, believe that he rose again, and receive him today by faith to be Lord of your life? Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Would you trust Jesus today to be Lord of your life? If you would do that, friend, you'll be born again into the family of God. And you can leave here with full assurance and say, I'm God's boy. I'm God's girl. And when I die, I'm going to a great family reunion in heaven with all of God's family. If you know that's the need of your life, won't you do it right now? Silently where you sit, pray just like this. God, forgive me of my sin. I confess it. I turn from it. I believe Jesus died and rose again. And I trust Jesus to be Lord of my life. I lay my life down at the feet of Jesus. Jesus be Lord in me. That's my prayer today. Did you pray that? Did you mean it? I want to encourage you in that decision in just a moment, when we stand and we begin and they begin to sing. Heads are going to be bowed, eyes are going to be closed just like they are right now. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it with all your heart, I want to encourage you in what God wants to do next in your life. You say, I know I'm a part of God's family. Can I ask you a question? If someone new moved to this community who was truly on fire for God and loved the Lord and just had a soul consciousness and was so excited about living on mission here, and they moved in right next door to you, and they began to get to know you away from the church, they saw you in the marketplace, they heard your conversation and your speech, Let's say you left your phone or computer open and they began to go through all of your social media accounts. They saw where you went on the weekend, who you hung out with. Would you be on their prayer list for salvation? Or would they be thanking God that they had met another faithful brother, sister in Christ that's a part of the family of God? The question I'm asking is this, friend: You say you're part of the family of God, does your life show people? that you've been born again into God's family, or do people think you're part of the devils? Father, I pray your spirit will speak and challenge us now. God, you know the need in every heart in life. God, I just simply ask this. Whatever you desire to do in a person's life, I pray it will be done because we surrender to your will during this time of invitation. It's in Jesus' name we pray.